Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. Every two weeks, we post podcast versions of one of our free training videos, or you can access our videos now at beyondordinarywomen.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Welcome to this video or podcast episode, whichever way you're watching it. We're so glad to have you here. Today we have Elizabeth Woodson as our guest speaker. Welcome, Elizabeth. Hey, Kay. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're always so happy to have you. You have such great wisdom. And today, Elizabeth and I are going to be talking about leadership. Mm -hmm. Now, Elizabeth is a teacher, an author, a speaker, but she has some leadership experience in some local churches. She worked at Oak Cliff Bible Church and the Village Church in the Dallas area. I know she has other leadership experience. So we're going to tap into what she has learned about leadership over the years. You know, our ministry, BOW, exists to develop leaders. So when we talk about leadership, we are always excited. And everything that we talk about has some some connection to leadership, but particularly when we talk specifically about what being a leader leader means, we're definitely really in our sweet spot. So thank you for joining us, Elizabeth. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that you, similarly to my experience, is that you've learned a lot about being a leader by being a leader. Yeah. You, know, you didn't know it all before you started, but you've learned. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that journey of beginning as a leader and what yeah. you learned? Yeah, okay. I would I would echo what you said. One of the best ways to learn how to become a leader is to just jump into the waters and you learn as you go along. And for me, I came into ministry from a marketplace background. I was working in a business field. And so I had led staff teams before, had hired people before, had tried to create staff culture. And so I had some leadership background, but it was a a different deal when I got into ministry because it was just so much more apparent the need for me to be formed in order to help serve the people that I was caring for. And so I remember when I first started and and I started uh, with, uh, I tell folks with an empty file cabinet and an empty computer. (laughs) And and there's a little bit of me having to figure it out on my own. And I figured out both uh, from, and I know we'll we'll talk about this from some mentors and some people who poured into me, but I also figured out because I hit up against some walls and I clearly saw some aspects about myself. I saw that I was a people pleaser and I had difficulty making decisions or quick decisions because I was trying to take into consideration everybody in a group in a way that was not effective for the ministry. I want to be a collaborator, but at the end of the day, you're there to lead and you're the one that has to make the decision. And so I remember a conversation that I had with uh, one of the pastors on our staff and I was just expressing some difficulty and they really called me to the plate and said, you need to grow as a leader. Like you are the person in charge and you need to step into that. And so that required me having to overcome some fears. It required me having to have some hard conversations with myself, accept some hard wisdom from other people, but really understanding your ability to do all the things you need to do is going to be directly affected by who you are in some sense in your inner woman, inner man, right? This idea of uh, the character that overflows into our actions. And 
over time, I really saw the Lord do a work in my life. And I saw things that were more difficult at the beginning of my leadership journey to be easier. I found more clarity, more stability, uh, but also recognizing that if I give out of an empty bucket, I might have a lot less than when I give the time to care for myself with the Lord. I know self-care can be a complicated conversation for people, uh, but there really is an element of, we have to make sure as leaders that we are finding ourselves before the Lord, intimacying him. And I know we're gonna talk about different characteristics that we need to embody, but it is so important. And I realized I did not get that in all the places that I had a lot of instruction on what to do as a leader, how to do different programming, how to think strategically, but I needed more help. And Elizabeth, before you step into this role, before you step in this place, this is who you need to be. And this is why, because these are the things you're gonna face and who you are as a person is gonna help you overcome those and lead really well. Absolutely. And I can identify with what you're talking about, just mm -hmm. learning as a leader, some mistakes I made early mm -hmm. on. I learned from them. I grew from it. Yeah. And making those hard decisions is not always easy. Mm -hmm. Dealing with people is not always easy. Mm -hmm. Very, very messy. Yeah. Well, you know, you talking about who you are as a leader. I know this past decade or so, it seems like we have seen a lot of high profile, mm -hmm. particularly pastors or other people in other ministry roles that are very high profile that have been involved in scandals yeah. and all this has happened. And it seems to me that at least some of those people may have been elevated to ministry a little early mm -hmm. because of their charisma, because yeah. of their strong gifting um, with verbal communication, those kinds of things, or maybe just some natural leadership ability mm -hmm. that people were drawn to. So how do we counter that thinking? How do we, how do we prevent that from happening to ourselves or to other leaders that we're raising up in our ministries? Yeah, okay, that's a really, really good observation because especially if people are extremely gifted in a certain gifts that we tend to elevate and love more than the other ones in within the body of Christ. Like they're a really good speaker. They're very charismatic. Some people are naturally leaders where I had a friend I told her, I said, you could sell me my own pants. Like you just are that great <laughs> of a, a, a force, you know, in terms of like, I'm going to follow you. And it was a conversation where I was encouraging him to be aware of that because that's, there's power behind that. And so people will show up with these natural abilities and we don't check underneath the hood to make sure that they are, that the other aspects of leadership, like they're humble, that they're kind people, that really they reflect the character of Jesus or we'll give people a pass because I just love them so much. It's okay that they have a little angry outburst here or there. It's okay that they don't take responsibility for their decisions because they they bring people into our church. They'll fill it up. And really it is, sometimes I, I think we have to check, especially as leaders who are bringing other people who are responsible for uh, maybe a staff team or responsible for you know, choosing certain leaders on teams at our churches or just as regular church members and speaking into what's happening is that we can get caught up in numbers and we can get caught up in platform and this person is just really exciting and not ask the questions that are hard questions. I might say we might have less people in our audience 
we might not be able to elevate this person as quickly, but what matters more to us is that our people reflect the image of Christ and that we hold true to that. And, um, you know, we, we've seen too many examples of what happens when we don't do that. Absolutely. So how do we as individual leaders prevent that from happening to us? Yeah, I think as, as individual leaders, it really is for me, the, the number one thing that we need to do is we need to prioritize. And it sounds strange because uh, you would think that we would do it, but we need to prioritize intimacy with the Lord that above everything else, uh, that we are regularly practicing the disciplines that help us rehearse what's true about God, remember the focus in ministry, because even as like teaching the Bible, I've taught Bible studies, you can teach the Bible for the benefit of other people and not be there to really learn for yourself. Uh, and so your people might be growing, but you're not challenging yourself. And who am I outside of this role? That before I became this ministry leader, I was a daughter of the king and that matters more than this ministry role. And we can let that go. And so that we are constantly in prayer and we are in the word and we are um, internalizing it for ourselves and not just to produce something for somebody else. And I know in that quiet place, the Lord will speak when we give him the opportunity to say, hey, search me, oh God, and show me the pieces of myself that are not of you, opportunities to reflect on the conversations we've had or the plans we're making. And the Holy Spirit does what the Holy Spirit always does, which he brings the things to the surface that are not of Christ and invites us into a place of development. But you got to show up in the room for all those things to happen. And ministry, unfortunately for ministry leaders, that can be something that we put to the wayside because we think because we're kind of doing it for other people, it will flow out on us. And that to me is, is really when that first piece is taken away, we're starting the slippery slope of stepping into some of those other areas we see ministry leaders do but they've just done it for years. So it's a fruit after years. And I think one of the first things is we forgot our first love with the Lord. Absolutely. So what are some other characteristics if you're, if you're looking for a leader mm-hmm. to elevate, or if you're trying to be the leader that, that is living well and not getting mm-hmm. so caught up in yourself, what, what, what are some other qualities that we need to be looking for in people and that we need to be feeding in ourselves? Another quality that's really key for me is humility. And so again, ministry, for some of our roles, we are in front of people all the time and you will have people come your way and want to serve or want to be on staff on your team simply because they just want to be in front of people and they don't want to do the work behind the scenes. And so when I was leading in ministry, I lead a volunteer team. One of the first roles that I would give people, you know, you try to identify people who might be a good volunteer is, will you stand at the door and hand out flyers to welcome people to the event? Will you do that? Will you do that with a smile on your face and joy in your heart? It is not the most fancy and it's not the most glamorous role, but to really care about the people who are coming and to humble yourself for that role. And it, and it honestly, it would become clear the people who would sit up and do that and love it and say, Hey, I'm just here to serve. And the people will say, is there something else I can do? I want to do this. I want to have this teaching role. I want to serve in this really more glamorous capacity. And I'm willing to humble myself to something that's not necessarily lesser, it just has less visibility. And and I found that to be a regularly uh, fruitful check to see whether people were might be a good fit for wanting to serve on my team. Because if you can't do the small stuff, I'm not going to give you the big stuff. Uh, because the big stuff requires more humility in some sense than some of the smaller stuff. But also... You're just working with people 
And like you said, Kate, people are messy. <laughs> Paul talks about it in Philippians 2. And just that we are people who consider the interests of others above ourselves. Um, ministry as leading, you will have to inconvenience yourself. You, it's a lot of self-denial because you're caring for people. Your energy might be tapped out. Your patience might be tapped out. But you're just like, I'm here to serve this person. And that service starts with humility and saying, this person comes first. In a way that's healthy, I think sometimes, especially for women, sometimes we can have not so good boundaries. And boundaries still matter in ministry, but that I recognize it's I'm not the main thing here, that Christ is the main thing, that he would be glorified. And so when I feel that pressure of, I would rather not, um, I want to be a bigger deal. I want this person to notice me. I want to do what I want to do and not what this person needs me to do. Then am I able to check my heart with the Lord and say, you need me to show up humble. Um, I also think humility is us recognizing what God has given us and not thinking of ourselves too lowly or too highly. And so we, on the other end, can have all these abilities and all these gifts and not lean into opportunities because we don't, because of fear of man or for whatever reason, it's like God is giving you something and that you would step into that and put aside the fear and step into courage with the Lord. And so uh, there's both sides to me of humility. And I think folks can struggle on both ends of that. Absolutely. You know, what you're talking about, having people that will stand at the door and great people might be put into other leadership positions later. I mean, it just reminds me of Jesus's parable where mm -hmm. he talks about the one who's faithful in a small thing, he will give more. Yeah. And I think that's just a good principle for ministry. Mm -hmm. I've always been a little bit leery about the person who comes up to me and is asked, requesting that I put them in a role. Have you, have you felt that way? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and I, and what do you I, say to them? I want to know what you, <laughs> I think, and this is what having processes matter. It's like, everybody goes through the same process. So sometimes it's like, okay, thank you. I'll keep that in mind. And you know, I'm checking a box in my head saying this person may not be the best for that, <laughs> that role. That's what I'm keeping in mind. Uh, but if I'm trying to explain it to them, it's like, everybody goes through a process and everybody starts here. Everybody starts to the ground floor that certain roles are given because people have shown themselves to be trustworthy. And so if you want to stick along for the ride, hey, that might be a place you end up. But for now, we're going to have you hand out flyers at the door. <laughs> I think the idea of we have a process and, mm -hmm. you know, I always depended far more on my small group leaders to tell me who in their group would mm -hmm. make a good leader after that person had been there for a semester or two. Right. Who, right. You recommend to me who you see in leadership and we'll go from there, mm -hmm. you know, give, give some time to it. That's, yeah. that's definitely yes. important as far as that's concerned. Well, what else about other than humility uh, would you mention as far as the character of a person? Yeah, I think alongside, I'll, I'll probably mention to you because this next one goes underneath humility and that's just servanthood, that you show up as a servant and not to be served, but to serve even when it comes to how we show up in the church and, and how we encourage our people to find community that I've, I was uh, listening to another podcast and in and, uh, and, and the podcast I was talking about, as we're going into another church, we might be looking for people to love us, right? Where can I find community? Who can care for me? And it's like, when you show up saying, who can I love? Then you'll find love 
in that in that community. It's a difference of perspective. And so that we show up as people who are willing to serve, willing to stay, willing to to do the job, no matter what it takes. There's nothing that is too too low for us, so to speak, for us to step into to to serve. And we serve our people. So if you have volunteers that are underneath you on on a on a org chart or staff people, that they know that you're there to serve them. That part of how I learned how to lead is from good leaders caring for me and leaders who, I think the phrase is leaders eat last, that they made sure that I was taken care of. They made sure I had what I needed, that they, I could see their service, uh, spirit of service and how they cared for me as a staff member, still walked in leadership, still cast vision. We knew who was in charge. But they were they were there to make sure that I had what I needed to thrive, and that that's how we would approach the people that we care for. And a lot of that is service and thinking thinking of the smaller things uh, to make sure that our people know that they have a home with us and they're welcome in our uh, ministry, but also that uh, we model for them how we want them to show up as well in that service. The next one I'll tag on to that is perseverance. That we are people who can keep going no matter the difficulty that we face. Ministry, probably sooner than later, <laughs> will bring something difficult your way, whether it's a difficult uh, conflict issue with a volunteer or a church member or another staff member, whether it's a difficulty in uh, your personal life with family or finances or your health or someone else that you are, is in your ministry or caring for a friend. And what you'll realize is life and ministry don't stop because those issues are going on or conflict may not easily be resolved. And so if I'm in a disagreement with someone and I'm struggling to see eye to eye or they're continually being disrespectful, they don't want to serve in the capacity we're asking them to, that how can I show up in love for the long haul? Um, or there is a issue with my leadership and an issue with something that's going on in my church. And I have lots of opinions about it, <laughs> but it's not within my... Um, reach to change anything. And I continue to show up to meetings and those meetings are difficult. I'm continually misunderstood. Do I have the capacity to stick in there? Not for a couple of weeks, not for a couple of months, but maybe in a couple of years. And I've seen that. Like These are things I've seen in leaders who I just love and have learned so much from is to have that faith that God can change things over the long haul. And that's the intimacy with the Lord that we know when it's time to make a pivot, and we know when it's time to stick in and only the Lord can tell us that. And I think, especially for this generation, sometimes the resilience can be a little low. And how do I continue to show up, continue to persevere, be encouraged by the Lord, know how to encourage myself? What habits am I practicing that allow me to have a perspective of joy and faithfulness and truth and hope? And I'm not waiting for somebody else to do that for me. I think as a part of leadership, you recognize the need. I have to cultivate these things for myself with the power of the Holy Spirit and seek out good community, seek out people to be support for me if I need that. And the Lord shows up too. Um, he brings people along the way. But as a leader, we have to learn with the Lord of how to stand. And sometimes it is just you and the Lord in a situation. And perseverance to me is a mark of really good leaders because they have a vision for what God can do and not just in the short term, but in the long term. And we stick in there and walk in the way of the Lord until he tells us otherwise. Absolutely. And sometimes that means that you have to change what you're doing because mm -hmm. what's, what you're doing with the Lord isn't feeding you yep. 
isn't isn't giving you the faith in him that you really need and i i think this is probably true of everybody not just leaders but if what you're doing isn't doing that for you then you need to seek out another spiritual discipline you need to talk to other people to see what they do you need to find maybe books a little bit different from those that you normally read devotionals that are different read read the scripture differently you know this year i'm reading just through the psalms over and over and over and i'm really loving it it's just very different from what i've done before read through the bible read certain books you know different things like that but this is this is very different and so because it's different i think it's particularly meaningful to me. Mm. I mean, if I did this every year, it wouldn't be meaning this much to me. But the fact that I set out to do do something different this year has has really given me a way to do something that's really, really just reminding me who God is so much. So that whatever is going on, I'm not so worried about mm-hmm. because of because of the greatness of God. Amen. Huh? I was just echoing. I was like saying, amen. It's so true. Oh, good. Amen's good. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about not just um, ourselves, but these potential leaders, how do you encourage them in these characteristics? So you've looked, you've looked for those characteristics in mm-hmm. them, but we both know that once somebody's in leadership, they can mm-hmm fall away from those things. I mean, many of these high profile pastors Mm -hmm. and other ministry leaders probably started out with all the characteristics Mm -hmm. that we talked about, or at least the ones that weren't put there too quickly. Somebody saw probably a little bit more in them. So how do we encourage people to recognize that in themselves if they're starting to, to think they're doing it instead of God. Uh, this yeah. is my church. Actually, I, we were in a church years ago and the pastor, I was in a meeting with him with, with the leaders of the women's ministry at the time. And I wasn't on staff or anything at that point. I was just a volunteer. And he started telling us how he was comparing himself to some of the well-known pastors across the country and he said they haven't done what I've done and he proceeded to talk about how he had grown the church and he had done this and that and I mean Elizabeth I just sat there I I don't know what my face looked like but I know what my heart looked like I was just like appalled at his pride at his Mm -hmm. failure to recognize that this was the work of God and Mm -hmm. God didn't need him. Mm-hmm. It could have been anybody. I mean, I was, I was really, it kind of started the process for us leaving that church eventually yeah. because those are such serious matters. And sure enough, he was found to have been having affairs a few years mm-hmm. after this, after we were already gone. But how do we help those under us avoid those sorts of things? Yeah, I think to be able to create an environment of accountability 
and good self-reflection and professional development that we as leaders are asking our leaders the hard questions, that we are helping them process the frustrations they might have, because you can, you can be in, uh, you can have a leader and there's some ministry event they did and they didn't get the credit for something. And they're like, they're coming into your office and they're talking about, Hey, you know, they didn't call my name or they gave the credit to somebody else. And how do we help see that acknowledge, you know, the disappointment, you know, I want to help validate people's emotions, but redirect them to, you know, what is it? Who are we called to be as leaders? And what does pride look like? And when you see it kind of pop up to be able to redirect our people to a place of whatever characteristic is appropriate for them to have. And so that for me, I think sometimes I, there are certain seasons where I wish that I, the leaders above me had taken more of an interest in my development and more of an interest in caring for me as a person and not just caring for what I was producing. But then there's also the maturity as a leader to say, there are not going to always be seasons where someone's able to hold your hand and guide you through it. And so how am I all, how am I constantly placing myself on my face before the Lord? Uh, the mentors I have either in person or on shelves, I got plenty of mentors right behind me on my bookshelves who have helped change my life and their wisdom on the pages has helped set me in the right direction. And so this is, I want to be better and I want to, to me, one of the, the disciplines that I have, um, in the past few years, just uh, picked up is self-examination with the Lord and to examine my frustrations, to examine my sorrows, to examine uh, the story that I'm telling myself that's reflected in my emotions and my comments. Like, man, why do I tell that story that way about that person, that situation? Man, maybe that's showing something about myself that's not really godly. I need to check that. Uh, How did I love people today? How did I show God's love today? How did I give uh, the glory to God for what he's doing and recognize everything I have comes from him because he's the God, the triune God of overflowing love that we would not exist without his love. Even his creation of us is something that's like he didn't have to create us. And so how does that characterize who I am? And so there's a part of it as leaders with people underneath us that we are creating an environment to help them process through and grow from the things that they're going through. So we have to be people who give good feedback. We have to be people who, when we see things, to be able to, in kindness and love, call our people higher. But also, as people who are just leaders, when we have the people above us who are not doing that, that we ourselves are creating spaces, accountability, groups with other ministry leaders at our level, that we are searching out environments for us to constantly be formed. Uh, because it's, it just is, you just got to stay there. Uh, because you can wake up and, and 10, 15 years down the road, you have become someone you didn't intend for yourself to be because we just didn't tend to the garden of our leadership. And it's important. And it's, a, it's a, I think of it as just something that we just got to tend to every day. And there's beauty that can come from that. But also you see some things that are not really beautiful when we don't do the things that we need to do and making sure we're formed into the image of Christ as leaders. Absolutely. You mentioned mentors. How would you suggest that someone find a mentor if there's nobody above them speaking into their lives, Mm -hmm. if they feel a little bit lost or they realize that they're becoming a little full of themselves or Mm -hmm. whatever the danger signs are, or maybe before the danger signs happen, what, what are your suggestions for that potential leader or that leader? 
Yeah, uh, sometimes if you don't see the person um, above you doing that, uh, sometimes it's just, they might just not be thinking about that. And so always giving people an opportunity to, to say yes or no. I love my father. He gives the best advice. He said, what do you lose if somebody tells you no? Like you're right where you were before you asked. And so we'd have the courage to ask people, knowing that they may not say yes, but you, you're not missing out on anything. Oh, you're only missing out if you never ask. And so that we would ask our leadership, people who are above us in our department, maybe somebody else in another ministry area who you see that they're doing a really good job. And you invite people out. Can I grab coffee? Can I, can I get on your calendar? That we try to be people who uh, do it for their convenience. I've learned that along the way that it meant that I might have to drive a little longer. I'm the person that's going to have to initiate the coffee uh, meetup, but that I am willing. I see someone and I was like, I want to lead like you do. And so whether that person is in my department, in somebody else's department, in the church, they might be in the marketplace. Leadership is something we see people, uh, Christians do all over. And so uh, that I'm able to just see and pinpoint someone, maybe somebody online, somebody I follow or someone at, at the least, there is someone who you can learn from on your shelves uh, in the meantime, while you're waiting for an in-person mentor that can help you as well. But do uh, identify and do not be afraid to have the courage to ask. I think that's great. Anything else that we haven't covered that you'd like to add? I would just say leadership is is beautiful and it's hard. And I am so thankful that the Lord has brought me into this space to grow as a person. And what has helped me along the way in the hard moments is that I have this little file of emails and note cards of the people who tell their story of Elizabeth. This is the way in which your ministry has impacted my life. God is doing a really big work through us. God needs women leading. The church needs women leading. And when you hit those real hard roadblocks, remember that it's a work of the Lord that God is doing through you. And it's worth you to persist, to stay there and to do it well. And there's, you have a cloud of witnesses, so to speak, who have gone before, who are doing it with you. So you're not alone in it. It is a great space. Uh, so just keep going that God is with you. Those are great words. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. Thanks for yeah. joining us today. Our ministry, Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, has a number of podcast episodes and videos that deal with you as a leader, that deal with leadership skills also. And so if you are interested in further training and further encouragement and further help, just go to our website, beyondordinarywomen.org, then look at the menu and pull down resources, go to leadership development, and then general leadership will get you to a number of topics for anyone in leadership, and I'd encourage you to do that. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you again, Elizabeth, and I hope to see you again soon here on our Beyond Ordinary Women podcast and videos. Thanks, Kay. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcast episodes and resources for women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast is produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministry. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Deborah Herring, and Sharifa Stevens. Theme music back in stride by Don Miller, used courtesy of Christine Miller.